The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sorry, sad Browns, Browns fan. fan. You know, I find myself rooting for the Browns. I enjoy watching Baker Mayfield play. I do, too. I really right. do. This is a young kid still, and he's he's finding his way in the NFL and in life. And you still would have him ranked in the bottom quarter, though. <laughs> Thank Just you. Thank you very much. It's true mind. Uh, what a jerk you were. I was trying to say something positive about the Browns, and you had to take it all negative. It was mostly positive. Just a yeah, little was, dig at the just end. Just a little dig at yeah. the end. Thank you very much. What up? Chris Sims on Button. You good, Polly? Yep, Polly Burmeister's here. And who isn't trying to find their way through life? You were talking about Baker what? Mayfield. That's right. 20s and, yeah. I'm 39 and still learning. 48, I mean, buddy. Good, yep. Can you believe I'm a father of a 13-year-old? You know I'm still learning on the job. Both of us. Yeah. We have some new uh, co-hosts. One of us doesn't belong, let me just say. This one? (laughs) Yeah, you think? (laughs) You think? There is a reason you're in the center, though. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yes. You throw for almost 500 yards and no interceptions and lose. You get yeah, a spot. You do get a spot. You get a spot there, yeah. Let alone being, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that game, okay? I mean, he was unbelievable with some of the plays he made. Uh, Odell, the Browns get a win. Julio, yes. the Falcons get a win. That was the shocker of the weekend, of course. Um, and then, oh, Aaron Rodgers, who? I'll say. I mean, we're gonna, we'll get into that, too. I, I wasn't, like, blown away by the Packers' performance yesterday altogether. Save it. Uh, yep, I will. I'll save it for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, I made some executive decisions. Had to call an audible, okay? Twitter, you know, we always put the games out there. They wanted Cowboys-Vikings mm-hmm. and then Titans-Chiefs was in second. I was counting on Cowboys-Vikings. Well, I thought for sure well, yes. how close that game was, right. how significant it was, America's team. But we I just got to, knew it would be. We got to watch it last night. And like I didn't we don't need to deep dive that game. It was the only game on and I and and I just had to know what happened in the Saints Falcons game. So I called all out of a blue 42 blue 42 fuck you Twitter said hot. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to a new we got to a new one. So yeah, I wanted to dive into that Falcons Saints game because to me that was the most shocking outcome of the day. Not even like that the Falcons kept it close or that it was a close game and the Falcons just eked it out. I mean, the Falcons kind of dominated the game. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. They, did, they did. You're yeah. right. And uh, that's why we're going to hit that in the deep dive. Uh, we're going to also hit Chiefs-Titans. That was a really fun game to watch. Got some good things there. And um, the first thing we're going to get to is give me the headline. There the we go. NFC Shake-Up Edition. So even though it didn't make the deep dive, like Wait, I the was 70s sure. called. They want your sweatshirt back, by oh, the way. come on, man. <laughs> no? No, I like it. I just had to give you shit about something. I mean, come on. Someone in your ear said that. No, it was me. It was totally me. <laughs> Next time I go back out to uh, back out to the West Coast, I'm going to get one and bring it. That back is a you. total West Coast. Did you get that yeah. in Denver, Colorado, or did you get that in L.A. somewhere? In L.A. L.A. Okay, yeah. I was going to say it's one of the two. Right. One of the two. Aviator Nation. <laughs> You'll like it. Yeah. You would love the store. Right. All right. Yeah. I don't. I, you got a good style. Comple- completely I'm down your with vibe. your style. Yes. Right. I'm down with your style. Um, you, we need to improve your sneaker game, but other than that, you're good. 
You don't like you, you don't like the Paul Smiths? I do. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, I just that's for you. It's me. Right. you know me. I'm a Nike whore. That's what I like to wear. Digress. 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 Yep. Those two words back back to football. So, yeah. So even though even yep. though Cowboys Vikings did make the deep dive, they are first on give me the headline. I'll throw this out there to you and see what you think. Yeah. This is easy. It's right. just a starting point. All right. Kirk Cousins, win, Kirk Cousins wins in prime time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how about the Vikings just win in prime time? Right. I mean, but yes, Kirk Cousins. That's is the headline to me. Yeah. I mean, as, I mean, I've never seen a guy more maligned over, you know, his performances on Sunday and Monday Night Football. And really, you know what? I should do at some point go back and look at all those games and just see, like. Were they the better team on the field? More than times than not, just in my memory, I want to say no, they weren't. They weren't supposed to win the games anyways. But I just think it's another thing. This Vikings football team, uh, they're different than last year, of course. And I'm not so sure. I don't feel like they're a little bit more dangerous, maybe even than the team that went to the NFC Championship two two years ago. Yeah, I know that's a bold statement because they were damn good. Yeah, they were. Um, But I just think I look at it for two ways there. The running back they got right now, he yeah. wasn't there that NFC Championship right. year, and he's special. Yes. I mean, right? I mean, 33 it, touches, 183. That looks good anytime. Anytime. But when you do it against Zeke Elliott, who had 22 for 63. There you go, right. Big dud. Right. Looks fantastic. And the Dallas defense is talented, fast. Yes. You know, there, there's a lot of things to like there. But that's why I say that aspect of it. And then playing off of him and their aggressive passing game off of that. Uh, and then let's not forget, I mean, Mr. Kirk Cousins, oh, he doesn't perform in prime time. You know, Adam Thielen wasn't out there either last right. night. Okay. Yeah. So there's another guy. I mean, you you could argue that he's the second best player on their offense behind Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So did that's you hear him me. talking to Michelle after the game? No. What did he say? So in, in the yeah. interview on the right. field, right. Cousins said, you know, one of the things he said right away to one of the first questions was, "We've kind of had to reinvent ourselves without Adam Thielen." Yeah. And we kind of got used to seeing when they really came back and responded in October. A lot of shots over the top. Definitely. Yes. A lot of deep balls. Right. And. That's not there right now, but they're still finding a way, I guess, to be more specific. Kirk Cousins is still finding a way to be effective while letting Dalvin Cook lead the way. And you mentioned that they're aggressive sometimes off of the play action. Right. I've got a a sentence here or a line here. Cowboys, pardon me, getting back to the uh, Vikings. According to Next Gen Stats, Cousins was the most conservative passer of any quarterback this week. Okay. Did that line up to, to what your eyes Yeah, told you? well, yeah. I don't, you know, just thinking of the game in general, other than the maybe the fade down the right sideline where Diggs made the great catch and came back and got his hand underneath it where they originally called it incomplete uh, and then overturned it, which was crazy to begin with that it was called incomplete. I mean, I don't, I don't know. The, the refs are overwhelmed right now, but right. we'll get into that yeah. another time. Um, yeah, I, I mean uh, – he did not try to make magic happen. I think didn't need to. he didn't need to. Exactly right. He hit crossers. You know, Laquan Treadwell's had a nice second breath of fresh air here with, with Thielen out. He's kind of pops up here and there. They're using the two tight end sets very nicely. And, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, your defense, we know that's pretty good. But, you know, I know you and I have talked about this a lot. And, again, I'm big into offenses that make you defend the whole field. And although the Vikings, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the 49ers or the Ravens or they're not going to put – they do make you defend the whole field because Cousins will pull the trigger on the deep ball, mm-hmm. like you said. He'll, they got a lot of crossing routes off the play actions and boots that they hit. Then you talk about the run game, and then you talk about the boots. Oh, he's throwing it back across the field on the screen pass to Dalvin Cook. 
look. You know, again, that's not the most complex formula ever, but it's still a good formula to make defenses go, oh, we can't cheat this part of the field because they attack everywhere. And to me, that is one of the big keys for a really good offense. And uh, I think that's what they got going right now. I mean, hey, him running for 97 yards, you know, that little fucker Madison yeah. behind him. I mean, he's like Dalvin Cook 2.0 basically almost. I mean, they're, they got some guys that, you know, they're made for playoff football. Yeah. Defense, run the ball, high percentage passes, play action passes. They're right. going to be able to control the ball. They, they kind of did what Dallas likes to do to everybody else. Exactly. Which is yeah. eat the clock up and control the game that way. And, and Kirk Cousins, I think, is, is playing, playing the best he ever has. And this is a compliment to yeah. him and the team. He's probably the third most important part of that team right now. I think so. And he, think seemed, so right. he just seems very comfortable in his own skin with the role he's playing there yeah. and the confidence he has. And he's over 70% like every single game. I, I, ever since that Bears game, he has been great. I mean, he is. He has a little bit of a almost like this like total focused fuck the world look in his face yeah. to me ever since then. And, hey, I know last week against Kansas City where they lost, like, yeah, it wasn't his best game, but I didn't come away from that game going, oh, they lost because of he, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. We that talked was, about this last week. Yeah, that's he not played fair. Fine. He, he did. He played fine last week. He played what fine. What do you think of the Cowboys in the Navy jerseys at home? Well, it's bad luck for them. I love those uniforms, right? I do. I like them. I'm just so used to seeing the white from but, the time I was a kid watching the Cowboys at home. Yeah, well, I know. That's what they want to wear because Super Bowl five, they lost in those blue jerseys, and they think they're that's bad right. luck, and they're proven is to be. Is it possible that it is? Well, I mean, I know when my dad, when I was growing up, the Giants, when they played home against the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants would wear all white because they were going to make the Cowboys wear those blue. Uh, that used to be a thing in the NFC, in the NFC East. The Redskins used to do the same thing to the Cowboys. They'd wear their white jersey at home to make the Cowboys wear blue. The weird thing about last night is they wore the white pants with it. It was not the silver. It wasn't silver? No, it white? was like a, right. it was a white. It was a little different look altogether. Cowboys, though, let's just flat out just get to this, okay? They're disappointing. I don't know other way to say it. You know, the offense is dangerous and exciting, but they're not dominating. The, they did not dominate the line of scrimmage in the run game. I'll go back to what you've heard me say about Ezekiel Elliott for the last three or four weeks. Hey, he's really good. He's really good, but he's just not special right now. He is not in the class of Cook, McCaffrey, um, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette. I mean, that's just to name a few. I don't right. think he's in the, that upper echelons right now. And you know what? I give him credit because I heard him in the, during the week. He kind of admitted he's not playing to that level, mm -hmm. which I do give anybody credit when they kind of call themselves out and are honest with the public. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm still the best running back in the game. No, at least he kept it real there. And thankfully, they're in the NFC East. This is thankfully yeah. for their fans because yeah. they can figure it out and still be close to the top and right. not on top. I mean, they're not in the NFC West where they'd be, they'd, they'd be in serious trouble yes. right now. Well, yeah, they would be so. in, seriously tr in serious trouble. And, yeah, I mean, the more, the more we go and we'll see how it all shakes out, but it's starting to look like you better win the NFC East if you're going to make the playoffs in general. But, hey, the, 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 to me, the biggest thing is, is you know, two – Opening drive touchdowns by the Minnesota Vikings. The Dallas is in the hole right off the bat. Okay, they come back. You know, they kind of take, they kind of get momentum back on their side. 14-14. Okay, you look good. All right. Well, they let a field goal drive before the half. Then in the second half, it starts. It's another field goal drive. You know, Dallas goes down and score. Then it's a 13-play drive after that, and it's 28-21. And that Dallas defense got worn out. Yeah. And it's um. You know, you've heard me rant about the Dallas defense. It's, I think. It's just oh, they yeah. got to do more. Yeah. they got to do more. They are not going to beat the really good teams in the NFC or the NFL with play harder. 
That's my new thing. Let me raise my hand over here yeah. and, and say this. Yeah. Just uh, you yeah. know, hanging out with you, right. remembering what you said right. in the first couple minutes. Right. We're not doing a deep dive on the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, shit. What are you doing? Fucking A. I can't help it. You Come just deep dove. You deep dove the Cowboys. Yeehaw, Wh- I mean, fucking get your that stick careen- out and whip that my ass. That went careening off the lane of... <laughs> What'd you just say? I said, get your stick out and whip my ass and tell me, come on. We're going to get back in the lane. All right, sorry. Give me the headline. Give me the headline, yes. A little bit more more efficient. Yeah. All right, Panthers, Packers. To me, the game was a little bit, uh, you know, the game was fine, whatever. Right. It's starting to get cold outside. Yeah. It's getting darker earlier. Yeah. Got the fire going. Oh, yeah. Dinner's being made. Right. There's snow at Lambeau Field. It doesn't get any game, better. The game itself was fine, but yeah. just that entire scene at my house, awesome. It's awesome. That's can't miss TV. Felt like TV. a real fan. Yes. Can't yeah. miss TV. Football at its finest. Um, I, I mean, my headline to the Packers is, are they as good as their record? Just, Let me ask you. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's things that are concerning to me a little bit about their game. Of course, you know I don't love their defense. Right. You know, hey, you know, let's just go to this. Kyle Allen, you know, in the third quarter, or I think it was the third quarter, maybe maybe second there. I mean, they fumble a ball on second one. He fumbles the, the center exchange snap. Huge moment. You know, that led to Green Bay getting points. Uh, in fact, it led to a touchdown, right? So that was at midfield. That was the second quarter. Sorry, just so I get my facts straight here. Um, so that was huge. Uh, Kyle Allen, they drive down again, you know, later on in the game. Throws an interception in the back of the end zone. You know, there's those, those moments. Hey, the, the, the roughing the passer call on Aaron Rodgers on third and 13, yeah. backed up in his own end zone. I mean, Carolina's going to get the ball at the 50-yard yeah. line at least before the half for a chance to score points there. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay had chances to put them away. But I can also sit there and go, Carolina had chances to take control of the game at times. What did you think of the final play? The final play, I have no issue with that final play. I mean, they're, they're, they gave it to their best player and against a defense that's not very good at stopping the interior run in general. Yeah. They just they made a good play. I mean, that, that, that's all there is to it, more than, more than not. But uh, my last thing, and we'll move on. Yep. And I'm going to watch this film for sure in my deep dive or Wednesday podcast. Talk about it Wednesday. I do not think Rodgers played great. I don't. I know it's always hard on TV, but there was a number of replays Troy Aikman showed, and I went, man, that guy's open down the field. This guy's open too. In the and end zone, at least there, at there least might have been, and twice. there was a few in the yeah. middle of the field too where I saw some crossers or some people working across the middle where, you know, hey, he tries to play too careful and perfect at time, would just be my assessment. You've said at times. that a couple times recently. Yeah. yeah. He play he tries to play and you know he can get away with it most times because he's Aaron Rodgers and then he goes, Oh, okay, we're down. Let me put the pedal back on the metal and I'll push the envelope a little bit. Right. But I just worry again, I'm not holding Green Bay to the standard of can you beat the five and four Panthers? I'm holding them to the standard of you're gonna beat the Saints, right. and the 49ers, and if you get to the Super Bowl, the Patriots and those type of teams, he's gonna have to take advantage of all those completions or incompletions or the ones he missed in general. Rams Steelers, another Pittsburgh victory. Yeah. Our guy Matt Casey, his headline is Goff McVay Shine is off. That certainly works. I had written down here my headline, all caps, exclamation points. Whatever side you're thinking about. If you were kind of into what the Steelers were doing, yeah. you love what they're doing sure, now. Right. And if you were a little worried about the Rams, you yeah. watched what happened in Pittsburgh yesterday, now you're big time worried. Definitely. I mean, that was a Steel City ass whooping right there, man, just oh, as man. far as just, you know, beating a offense up. I mean, that. What happened to that offense? Well, Todd Gurley's not the same. 
and, and and it's getting to the point where he's, it doesn't look like he's ever going to be the same. And we I talked I, about Zeke Elliott being a little lesser than. Is yes. Gurley even lesser than? Well, Gurley, than yeah, yeah. Well, yes, he is. You know, Gurley, in terms of their own standard, in their own stand, to. exactly right. That's what. I, there's been runs and even runs yesterday where I just went, man, the old Todd Gurley would have ripped off 60 or 70 yards right there, and instead it was a 15-yard gain. You is know, him being average again by his standard. Yes, a bigger problem than Jared Goff right now. Uh, yes, it is. Then it's him coupled with the O-line because the O-line is not good either. And again, their team the last few years, I know we all want to give the quarterback credit. It was all about the run game and Todd Gurley. That's where they got you. It was run the ball left with Gurley, run the ball right with Gurley. Oh, you're getting too aggressive there and stopping the outside zone with backside pursuit. Oh, here comes the speed sweep to Robert Woods. Oh, okay, now we go fake speed sweep. You know, you've heard me say this, fake speed sweep, fake Todd Gurley, play action mm-hmm. pass, guy over the middle open. Right. Oh, fake speed sweep, fake, fake Todd Gurley, screen to Todd Gurley, or screen to the tight end, or screen to the wide receiver. They weren't like reinventing the wheel, but because they could dominate you in the run game, and then McVeigh is smart enough to watch the game and go, ooh, you know, they're, they're starting to get antsy with this, so I'm going to call that to keep them honest. Ooh, they're getting antsy with that. I'm going to call this to keep them honest. But when there's no run game, right. there's not enough. McVeigh has to reinvent himself. He has to. And he also doesn't have like a, a real difference maker amongst the pass catchers. A lot of really good yeah, players. Cooks but, is out there. Right. right. He went, but yep. no one player, defensive coordinator, says we have to worry about this guy. And correct me if I'm wrong, but most defenses, after seeing a scheme that you've talked about, right. and you said when, when people come down to you a little bit and say, you don't like golf enough. You yeah. say, I like him fine. Yeah. I like the scheme better. Right. But without a real difference maker out wide yeah. and with teams knowing what's coming scheme-wise, yep. Maybe they're really missing, in addition to Gurley being himself, right. someone out wide that a D coordinator is scared shitless. Well, about. I think that would be, yeah. I mean, Cooks does that to a degree, but yes, it's not like he's a superstar like Mike Evans or Odell where teams are going, oh, we have to double him. Right. No, you're exactly right about that. That might be the next thing they need to do. Now, it is, it's always, of course, better when Cooks is there. That helps everybody else. It's just one other option and mismatch through the day. Like, gosh, got to cover Cooper, Woods, and Cooks, you know, every pass play and all that but still with that old line getting beat up the way it is and then the simplicity of McVay's offense he's gonna have to kind of reinvent how he attacks teams I really think he's got to go back to the drawing board because they're not going to win with this formula right you know they might beat the Bears next week but it's going to be ugly they're not going to do it with offense and like oh here's 30 points a game and golf throwing the ball all around no there there's there's issues there and let's not forget their defense played phenomenal too Yes, I mean, the Rams' did. defense played phenomenal. But the Steelers, and hopefully we can get in this a little more yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. A little more time. Yeah, well, I'm going to watch Maybe this one with for the Rams sure. And Steelers I'm as well. Gonna, this is another game. Pitts, I mean, the Green Bay and the Steelers game, I am watching on okay. film for Wednesday. That's okay. 100% because I want to watch it. But before we move on, just yeah. a, a quick headline right. about what's jumped out to you about the Steelers' defense. You don't have to go big picture, but in this game, yeah. what did they do? to keep the Rams without a touchdown. Because even though they're not what they were a year ago, right. keeping that team without a touchdown is doing something. No, it is doing something. The, 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 the Steelers front seven, you could, you could certainly argue that they're one of the – they're definitely top five in football. I mean, definitely. The two edge guys are beasts, Watt and Dupree. Cam Hayward's a beast in the middle. Tyson Alulu, Javon Hargrave, Devin Bush, you know, Williams, uh, 98 at middle linebacker. They got speed and physicality. They have a little creativity with what they do up front, okay? The guys on the back end 
are all smart, good football players, and Minka Fitzpatrick's put them over the edge. Yeah, go ahead and apologize. Yeah, I have. I apologize today. I'll apologize again right now. I was wrong about that trade because, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it, but he is. I was, I was, I was thinking about, of all the fans. Oh, it was me rips. too. When it first happened, yeah. I, was, I was not cool with it. But Minka Fitzpatrick, I mean, Rodney Harrison said last night, I think he might be the MVP of football as far as defense is concerned. Yeah. I get it. He's up there. Incredible instincts. Really knows how to play the game. And the biggest thing is he's playing the position he's meant to play. Right. That's really, you know, in Miami, they were trying to get the best 11 on the field. And because of that, they sacrificed him. Oh, he's a top 20 pick. We can make him a nickel or a strong safety. But that's not what he was. And you weren't getting the best out of him. Mike Tomlin and company are getting the best out of him. You know what they're also doing? Yeah. They're, they're getting the, the best out of their own first-round picks on defense. Yeah. And your first-round picks as well. You mentioned Tyson Alualu, Mark Barron, Joe Hayden. Fitzpatrick, right? These were all high picks elsewhere. Yeah, who have found a home? It, they definitely have, and they, you know, scheme fit all of those things. Pittsburgh has a mold of the type of players they like. You know, especially on defense, you better be a tough fucking badass, right? Who's willing to tackle? You don't care if you're a corner or not. Like they expect their corners to tackle in Pittsburgh. It's they they are a little different that way. That's why sometimes they lack in coverage because they're like, well, we like our corners to tackle. Yeah, well, he can tackle, but he's not that great in man to man. But um, either way, Mike Tomlin. It's one of the best coaching jobs of his career to this point because that offense is not special. They've invented 9 million ways to throw the ball four yards with Mason right. Rudolph, and uh, that's that. But that was a remarkable win for them, and, and they're a pain in the ass. Now, Mike Tomlin's not the only Mike T around here. No, he's not. I mean, actually, he's, probably we got a way bigger Mike T yes. here at NBC, okay? Way bigger. Sorry, Mike Tomlin. I like you a lot, but our Mike T is kind of important, and that's Mike Tirico. His podcast every Sunday night, Tirico, Tony, Rodney, Florio, they recap the day. Uh, so many good points. I mean, I would love to be there actually for it because Coach Dungy and Rodney make so many good points we throughout the day while we watch games. I mean, they make so many good little – and then, of course, you know, we do the show and you get to hear some of them, but, you know, we're doing highlights and doing right. a million different things, so they get to unveil some other thoughts, which I think is worth the listen. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers interviews in that feed, that's worth checking out. Pick a situation and, and there's a good chance they won that situation. Third down, they were better – both sides of the ball. Penalties, they were better. They outplayed us, they outcoached us, and they deserved to win. They certainly did deserve to win with the, uh, with the offense playing like this, or I guess with the Atlanta defense playing as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ways to look at how they dominated Drew Brees and yep. Thomas and Kamara. But bottom line, the Saints didn't score a touchdown. No, they did not. And my, my biggest question, not about this game, but the entire weekend that right. I was looking forward to talking to you about. Right. How did the Saints not score a touchdown? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, first off, the first drive of the game, it was you were like, oh, here come the Saints right down the field. Boom, boom, boom. They get down there. They have a little special design play for Alvin Kamara. He kind of slips. Drew Brees doesn't know what to do. They end up kicking a field goal. But really, after that point, I mean, it was tough sledding. Yeah. Now, uh, and here's the play. I mean, we did a little thing on social media today, but this was the play here. They got a third and third and goal from the three, and it's a you know we're gonna fake the toss sweep to Kamara as he's in motion because they run this play, so, but he stops and puts the brakes on. Yep. Right. Drew's under center. Drew's under center. Line on the left half. Exactly. Full back to his left, just a little bit. They're gonna fake like they're gonna run the toss sweep to Alvin Kamara, who's coming in that speed sweep motion, and then he stops and goes back. Mm -hmm. Now, the play is designed for Kamara. Kamara and Kamara only. He kind of slips, and now Drew Brees is like, oh crap, he's slipped. What do I do? Because we
we don't really have any routes really called. This was a one-play, one-player design, mm -hmm. and this was just for this. Now, I don't know if he scores. Deion Jones was not totally fooled here. You can see him out there. Right. But Alvin Kamara one-on-one -on -one in that space is a dangerous proposition for I think he probably even the greatest linebackers. Right, I yeah. know. So that was a huge moment. They leave three on the field. Going from there, I guess the thing I would say is, got to give Dan Quinn and the Falcons credit. Did some different things on defense. Not like where I went, oh, they reinvented themselves. What was different? But three-man pressures. A lot of that, yeah. A lot of that, okay. Uh, change, didn't play their Seattle defensive scheme the whole game, which drives me crazy sometimes. I mean, it's Sean Payton, Drew Brees. You played the same defense over and over. Yeah. They're going to finally go, okay, this is what we got. Let's expose this and do this. Don't they have the, the Seattle beaters? They do, but see, you know, the Falcons did a very good job of really never staying true to that. They went some two-man. They played some man-to-man. -man. They changed up some coverages in the game where – not only the coverages, but even a few blitzes here and there where I went, man, I haven't seen the Falcons run that blitz all year long. And I do think that threw the Saints off of rhythm to a degree. I, I, I thought it was more than the blitzes, though. And there were. It definitely was. There were times. But there were plenty of times where they weren't bringing pressure. No. It was the three-man front that you talked about. Right. And Drew had that initial time and didn't see anything. And my first thought is, okay, this isn't a team that relies on pushing it way downfield. Uh -huh. And if they're dropping eight, uh -huh. they're, they're dropping them into the right zones to prevent Drew from throwing it over the top. He doesn't really do that anyway. No. This is one team that kind of carves you up underneath anyway. So why weren't those there? Because that's where, like, they kept – they kept people all over Kamara and Michael Thomas on short passing routes. They weren't going to let, I think, the short passing game beat them, and they weren't going to let, like, the Sean Payton, he dials up two or three, like, FU plays a game, and they did a good job stopping them, whether it's a screen or the old, you know, we're booting to the right and going to throw backside to the tight end who's kind of slipped through and gone out that way. The play we see just about everybody run every right. week. Baker Mayfield hit Jarvis Landry on the last drive on that play again. Kyle Shanahan invented that. I think that's the big thing. More than anything, they took away the short passing. They took away the short passing game. But more than like to what you said, there's nothing to back them up. And you're right. Or like on TV, I watched that game and went, man, you know, Atlanta looks like they're getting pressure. No, the, the pressure was not that great until the fourth quarter when right. they get up 20 to nine, and then they could just pin their ears back. More times than not, I came away watching film going, ooh, that's good coverage. They're mm -hmm. running out Kamara on the halfback option, and they're playing Tampa too, and they got two guys all over him. They weren't going to let him beat them. Right. You know, so between, I think, stopping some of those go to five to eight-yard passes that the Saints are magical right. at. And then when they did complete some of those, man, did they tackle. Yeah, they did. There was no, like, no Kamara, break it, and, oh, I caught a five-yard ball but went into a 20-yard gain because I broke two tackles or one tackle. Same with Michael Thomas. They caught the ball. They were kind of down right there. Mm -hmm. And that kept them in manageable situations and having to play that way. The Falcons did a great job defensively. Yes. And like you – I think a lot of the Sean Payton, Drew Brees combination, what they've been doing the last decade plus. Yeah. Hall of Fame play caller right. and quarterback execution. But they did not help themselves at all in terms of play calling. And one of the things I hate the most after a game is when people question fourth downs that don't work yep. and a game plan that didn't work. However, when your quarterback throws it 45 times and your top two running backs combine to carry it nine times in a close game, yeah. got away late, but most of the time it was a – it was a one-score game or a 10-point no game. No doubt about it. There's not really any excuse 
for that kind of lack of balance. It's one of the shocking things of the game. And I don't know if you saw my notes, but one of the things I wrote is I went, I just, I just can't believe it. The Saints have gotten like pass happy for some reason. Oh my gosh! I wrote, "Where's the run?" Question mark. Question didn't mark. Didn't really even try. And I, like, I wonder, is it something where Sean and Drew knew going in that was the plan, or if they got the stat sheet at some point after the game when, they, or they got home, were like, "Holy shit, we only ran nine." I know. Times? See, to me, that's where I think the changeup got them a little bit. I think they've been watching the Falcons play, and they said they're going to play that Seattle scheme, and we're going to dice them up, slow death. And we'll get five. It'll turn into 12 because Michael will break a tackle. Yeah. We'll get another five. And Kamara will break a tackle here and there. We'll do that. But like the Falcons, between the three-man rush, what I call blitz change, right? Mm-hmm. Blitz change is like two guys drop out, but two guys blitz. So it ends up being a four-man pressure. But you're still dropping back as a quarterback going like, wait, am I – Am I protected? Oh, okay, okay. Oh, wait, they're over here now. So those are little wrinkles that I haven't seen them do. And a few of the different blitzes I talked about. Plus, you said it earlier, the the Saints don't have a game breaker. You know, Teddy Ginn, okay, he's not the Teddy Ginn from like seven or eight years ago. You wouldn't count Thomas as one? No, he is not a game breaker. He is a possession receiver. He is tough as hell. He's going to catch contested balls. But he is not a game breaker in the sense where I'm worried about Michael Thomas catching a slant and going 60 yards with it. No, that's not going to happen. He's going to beat you up over the middle. If he gets one-on-one on the outside, he's going to catch a back shoulder. And he's, but he's not going to beat you just like with sheer speed down mm-hmm. the field. That's not his game. And I think that's a little bit. And this is, this is about the time of the year last year where this started to rear its ugly head. It's like teams started to realize, wait, wait. I, the Saints can't really throw the ball deep down the field. Why yeah. are we backing up so deep all the time? Right. So I don't think it was it was this early in November. No, it was, it was later. It later, in November it was the Dallas when game. Been against Dallas. The week after Thanksgiving, yeah. I think last and this year. Is, this is jogging your memory back a year. Yeah. Uh, but just thinking about that, what you remember about that game? Any similarities to, to how you felt about that effort that was way below the Saints' norm yeah. and kind of set up what would happen in December? Yeah. And, well, and what happened yesterday? Well, yeah, I think it was like the the Cowboys in that game. First off, were uh, those linebackers and everything that they were allowed to take some of those short passes away. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Michael Thomas, Kamara, they couldn't get involved in that game to make plays like that. Right. And they had the corners on the outside to kind of go, okay, well, we'll leave them on an island. We're not worried about them. And they also have the similarity of young linebackers who can run. Oh, and that's the other thing. Teams. I'm glad you steered me that way. Exactly Cause, right. Because those dudes for the Falcons, they were go. phenomenal. Yeah. They were phenomenal. 59 Campbell and 45 Jones are made to stop that type of attack. Mm-hmm. And I really think, you know, just, you know, even some of those three-man rushes, they crowded the middle of the field. It was yeah. almost like, we dare you to throw it deep and outside the numbers. Go yeah. ahead. We don't see you do it. They were calling their bluff. And I really think, to you, back to what you said, the, the no balance, that's like what Sean Payton's going to kick himself in the butt for today. He's going to look back and go, why wasn't I running the ball? Because right. when we ran the ball, I opened up some holes. Yeah. But I think they kind of came in with a game plan and got stuck to it and never really adjusted off of it. Right. Um, and I think that's really all that, you know, at the end of the game, when it got to 20 to 9, like Grady Jarrett and them, they did, they started to kick ass up front. Um, but I really think the short passes, the stopping the fuck you plays, which I called them, and then the stopping of the Michael Thomas, Kamara, you know, just dissection short passing game over and over mm-hmm. and over was a big thing of the game. And listen, people are going to look at this and go, well, Michael Thomas had 13 for 152. 
Michael Thomas had 52 on the last drive when yeah. the game was over. Right. Drew Brees had 78 yards passing when the game was yes. over. Yeah. It's the non-competitive part of the game. I don't even count those stats. Yeah. To me as an evaluator, I'm looking and going, no, the game's over now. This is all bullshit stats. It's great. At the end of the year, everybody's going to forget about really what happened in the end. They're going to go, oh, Drew played pretty good. He was 287, yeah. 287 yards. But, no, it was more like 210, 215. Right. Uh, and and that's about, a big difference. And how about this number? We'll see if this means yeah. something to you. Breeze was under pressure 35% of the time. That's yep. according to, to next-gen stats. Entering the game, New Orleans had only allowed 22% of the time. Oh, yeah. Well, and I would say, yeah, I mean, the – Which to me says a lot about their offensive line because, as you've pointed out – right. They weren't like coming after him all the time. No, it, it was the it was not their best game. The the Saints O line, and I would bet you that a lot of those pressures in that percentage are fourth quarter, where like like you said, in the first two or three quarters, I wasn't sitting there. I was kind of taking it back on film, going, man, they're, they're actually not getting after Breeze quite the way I thought. Um, but you know that you, you hit it. The linebackers taking away the halfback options, the wheel routes. You know they were looking for wheel routes up the sidelines to Kamara, and the linebackers they were, were all over running it. With him, they were running with them. with them. Their linebacker coach, yeah. by the way, uh, Jeff Ulbrich. Yeah. So when I was living in Southern California, he was the linebacker coach for UCLA. Yeah. And our kids, we lived in the same town. Our kids played on the same flag football team together. Yeah. And so I was in Atlanta a couple of years ago for a game. Things weren't going that well. Yeah. He had a big smile on his face. And I was kind of like, "What's you know? Why are you so upbeat?" He he was so excited about those two young linebackers and how they could run. He's like, "Paulie, just watch these guys. They're free. Years. Yeah. I've got I've got the best group in the league. Yeah. And so we're seeing that a little bit. We are. Listening to you talk about him reminded me of of. The background story, in my mind, with those young linebackers. So they they have loved those guys. They for a do. While. Last thing, last thing, and we'll move to the other side of the ball. I do think this, and this I'm going to say this because these are bold statements. Okay, I do think Drew Brees is aware of his lack of arm strength. Like you know, some of those three man rushes where I go, man, you got to smash that curl route in there. I know it's tight. I think he's very aware. Like, ooh, I don't know if I can get that in there. So I'm going to be conservative that way. And I'll say this last thing because Drew Brees is tough as hell, and yep, I respect yes, him that way so much. I, I, it was about as flustered as I've ever seen him be in a game. I saw him, I feel like, a number of times, like, oh, wait, Kamara's not open, and he was looking at the pass rush and, like, just couldn't believe it, like, didn't know what to do. Like, damn, every time I've dropped back this year, this has been open, and now mm-hmm. what the hell do I do from here? I just – I never really saw that from Drew Brees in a long, long time, and it just reared its ugly head. They'll get back right. It was a bad game by them in general, coming off a of bye week, reading your press clippings. Everybody's telling you you might be one of the best teams in the NFL. Right. Uh, I expect them to bounce back. Let's look at the other side yeah. just, just quickly. Yeah. And what jumps out to me, especially with what we talked about with the Saints offense, Matt Ryan had a decent game. Yeah. Good to see him back. Right. Played well enough, made some nice throws, right. uh, made some nice runs on third and fourth down as well. Which I, I mean, those surprising. are some of the difference of the game. Right. right. And yeah. to me, the, the biggest difference, we talked about the 45-9 and nine right. for Breeze and his running backs. Matt Ryan threw it 35 times. Yep. His top two backs ran it 30 times. Yes. And you would think, okay, they handed off or pitched it 30 times. They must have been kicking ass in the run game. 
They didn't total over 100 yards, those two guys. No, I know. But by doing that, it kept them on schedule. Yes. And allowed Matt to do just enough. Just enough, right. I mean, they kind of went with, like, I almost want to say it was like the Oakland Raiders game plan. Let's run the ball, high, com high percentage completions. We're yeah. not going to take any chances. You know, had the one deep pass to Julio Jones on the deep cross right after Lattimore got hurt. That was right. really the only big explosive pass play of the game, right? right. I mean, yeah. uh, I can't really think of another one. But I think you kind of hit it. And the, the one thing I liked, especially early, they didn't try to run up the middle on the Saints. You know, you're not going to win that battle. You're not going to run up the middle against the New Orleans Saints. They did, Calvin Ridley got one off the edge. You know, they did a few of those, oh, you know, Matt Ryan, he comes out on the center and acts like he's going to toss sweep it, but they flip it out the backside. You know, they, they did some of that to keep the Saints from just overpowering them up the middle. And if there's a weakness to the Saints defense, I would say it's their speed in their front seven. They are not fast. They're big and powerful. Mm -hmm. They are not fast. And the teams that have run on them have run on the edge. But I think you kind of said it. They just played smart football. The Saints killed themselves um, with some special team stuff. Okay, they let up a, a big punt return. Uh, at one point where that gave the short field to the Atlanta Falcons early on, uh, and that ended up being a field goal drive, I believe. So they had that, and then they also had – what am I missing on this? They had another – they had a – was it a block punt? Um, hold on. I wrote this down somewhere, and I just can't remember. Oh, they're roughing the punter. Mm. They had a roughing the punter too. So – you know, those are those played factors in the game. A roughing the punter that led to the score going from 20 to nine to 23 to nine. Right. That was big. Um, but really, more than less, it was a complete game and a cohesive game plan by the Falcons. A lot like, let's just say, the Colts playing the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football a long time ago. Let's run the ball. Let's control the clock. Let's keep their offense off the field. They never really got in rhythm. And they kind of just slowed death the Saints that way. Right. And that's ultimately what it was. And you're right about the Matt Ryan. The Matt Ryan runs. He had a fourth and four yeah. run. Yeah. He had a, he had a third down. A third and 13 run, I believe, yeah. I want to say. Or it was a third and nine at the 20. It was, it was 13 to nine. Okay? This was a big run. And he at the 20-yard line, and he ran and got a conversion, okay, which led um, to them scoring a touchdown a yeah. few plays later. Yeah. So that's – those With are a bad huge. ankle in, in his 30s. Yeah. yeah, and they couldn't get off the field uh, on some of those drives. And, I mean, the time of possession, what, 33, 33? And it's probably worse than that. I thought it was actually worse than that. Sometimes that's, yeah. that matters. I think it mattered with, with the way that game looked yesterday. It did. It Thinking about did. NFC yep. South quarterbacks, I'm going to allow you to take a little victory lap here. Okay. Remember, was it last week or the week yeah. before we did quarterback right? Yeah, it was, was last, last week. week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, how dare you, had Drew Brees at 12. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's, again. It's just one week. Well, I know. Well, people. That like, looks pretty good. Well, I know. It's one week, but. The Saints are 2-2 two two with Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. They're 5-0 and oh with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, again, Drew Brees, I don't sit here like going like, oh, I'm happy to put him at 12 and make him, make him feel like an idiot. Well, first of all, he's not paying attention to my rankings. What the fuck does he care anyways? <laughs> but, uh, yes, this is, you know, again, some of the stuff I see from this offense, I don't sit here and just go, oh, my gosh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. I go, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater did it too. And, and it, there's a lot of other quarterbacks that if you put in that same offense – they would do the same stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and just hold it into high regard all the time. And, uh, yeah, so that I, was, I feel confident about that. That was good. Yeah. We're just warming up, though, yeah. on this victory lap. Okay. You're only you're on about a woo, third woo, of the way done. Woo, woo, woo. Let's go to L.A., visit a couple quarterbacks, Goff and Rivers. You didn't have either one in the top 16. No. Neither one in the top half 
of your quarterback rankings. Took a lot of shit about uh, it. Again, and not easy. Not easy. Oh, you don't enjoy it, but no. I just we like to point out when things, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody likes to shit on me when I'm wrong. So I got if I, if we don't stick up for me, then who the fuck's gonna stick up for me? I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Right. But um, yeah. I mean, I think you saw again. Philip Rivers is still really good, and Jared Goff is still it's, really right. good. It's right. not about that, but. To me, the biggest thing, again, with, like, Phillip Rivers, we'll go into that a little bit. See, what scares me with Phillip Rivers is he's, he's tough as hell, will hang in the pocket all day long, like a Tom Brady, but there's a difference. Tom Brady still has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, so Tom Brady doesn't need to throw the ball before the guy comes out of the break. He can sit there and go, ooh, he's come out of the break. I'm going to rifle it in now. Bam. Phillip Rivers, on the other hand, has to do it. When he has pressure, he doesn't move that well. He can't run to extend plays. So he has to do it with timing and, oh, he's, he should come out here soon, so I'm going to lay the ball into this little zone area and hopefully, oh, the receiver slipped. Oh, interception. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. It's just too many mistakes at times for Phillip Rivers for me to put him in the top 16. That's really all it comes down to. You know, that's really all it is, let alone with Jared Goff. The thing I would say there is, you know, again, he's being paid like he's one of the best players in the game, you know, and which is erroneous. And NFL GMs need to be, like, held accountable to some of this stuff anyways. Like, I, they should have offered him $28 million and been like, who else wants to offer him more out there in the NFL? Anybody else going to offer him $35 million? You know, I would have liked to have seen that to put to a test. But, I mean, somebody probably would have matched. Maybe. I yeah. mean, you're, you're putting that on a – you're putting that on a – a maybe scale. You're probably right because right now that's the going rate. Mm-hmm. But my point is just with like a Jared Goff. Again, he's not the type of talent that is going to take over games when things aren't going good. That's my only thing. It's fair. I think Jeremy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and Derek Carr and some of those can make more out of less than Jared Goff can. I'd like to spend some time yeah. with Carr coming up here in the next like. When we really yeah. get into some plays. And yeah, like sure. We haven't talked about him. No, a lot. I know. I know. Um, all of a sudden, they they look like they're decent. Yeah, they're yeah. looking decent. Well, they're and they're you know just to get into that. I mean, just think about that game back on Thursday night. You know, I mean, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. 21 completions for 218 yards. I mean, right. they run the ball. It's high percentage passes, and then. I, I mean, I can only I only remember one pass the whole game over 20 yards in the air, and that was a Darren Waller throw. Right. But it doesn't take anything away from him. He's still doing really good. All sometimes, right. sometimes you like to sing with the uh, damn okay. Damn okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambling. <laughs> oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. It wasn't so much the singing, it was just a, a mashup oh, with a, with a yeah, catchy yeah. little beat it's behind a catchy, it. It's a catchy little beat right there. As but you I got give, this I give some people the middle finger in the uh, offices over there. Those, Your hockey Those crew. are important people. In they the, are. I know. I know. He runs the entire hockey division. Yes. So. Yeah, I know. Be but nice to him. That's why I don't have to deal with them, so I can give them the middle <laughs> finger. Um, I mean, let's start off with the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. I mean, let's just go to it. Can we show, can we show the shades first off, right off, with, with Lamar Jackson? I mean, damn. Okay. He could get some cooler shades. Yeah, right? I well, mean, he can wear yeah. whatever he wants with the way he's playing. Well, no, he can but. only wear Oakley. He can, well, on the sidelines, he can only wear Oakley. That's the only NFL mandated shades. <laughs> so he has to wear Oakley, okay? Ball, or he's going to get fined. They have a number of different styles. Yes, though. they do. You're right. But either way, I mean, they were having fun. And come on. That right? run yesterday? I know. Insane in the membrane. Yeah. 
I mean, that is like redonkulous, okay? Not ridiculous, redonkulous. Would you like better that? That spin move, which is good every single time. Right. Or the Patrick Mahomes jumping in the air. Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm always... Gosh, they were both amazing. I, mm, mm. I don't know. I Got guess it. I, I, I might have to go with that. You're going with that one? That's just so out of this world rare. Like, I, I mean, other than Michael Vick, nobody makes a run like that in the history of the game. Nobody. Um, and I think he's quicker than Michael Vick. I don't think he's as fast as Michael Vick straight away. He didn't run his power. He's not as powerful. Yeah, Michael Vick had some ass and yeah, legs yeah. on him. And, I mean, he was like – I mean, Michael Vick was the fastest guy in the field. He was arguably the fastest guy in the NFL right? for a four- or five-year period. Lamar Jackson's really fast. I don't know. I'm not, he's not faster than Tyree Kill and some of the no. other guys in the league right now. No. You know, I, I take Jalen Ramsey in a race, too, like some of those top-end corners. But still, unreal what he did yesterday – the running, the throwing, all of it, and it's all based around him and his skill set. And it's, you know, I, the thing I like about Lamar, I don't know how much you like, and again, it wasn't a game I was like totally tuned in at 1 o'clock, but, you know, 15 for 17, the use of tight ends. With, with a spike, I believe, with a kill on the clock spike, I, I think was one of the I, things. I, you're, no, it definitely was. You're right. Yeah. So that was one of it. But then, you know, how many, you talk about a guy who can deliver from different platforms. I know, right? You know, so, again, we can sit there sometimes with Lamar Jackson and go, oh, he missed that throw. But I want to go, well, let's watch the film because I'll show you three throws or four throws that nobody, right. only like a short list of people are going to hit these throws, and he hits them too. Yeah. So that's got to count for something as well. It was His only incompletion in the first half was, yeah. was the spike. The spike. And I feel like it's th- his performance yesterday is getting discounted a little bit because it's coming off the Patriots' performance right. which was on Sunday night now. Kind of like a coming out yeah. it like took him to the next level right and there were so many close games yesterday yeah that game was a blowout it wasn't as big a game as the Patriots but that was an NFL game he went 15 out of 17 right exactly and had that run so his runs being shown a lot and it should be it's great it's fun it's unbelievable but his efficiency yesterday just because it was the Bengals doesn't mean that we shouldn't like applaud and put a bunch of exclamation points at the end of that. The Bengals were in a game against the Rams three weeks ago. That's right. I mean, it was 24-10. It was closer than that. And they're in a game against the Jaguars and the Ravens the week before that. They were close. So, to your point, you're exactly right. What he did yesterday was amazing. And we'll see what Russell Wilson does tonight. Yeah. But And in Deshaun Watson with his bye week and then Aaron Rodgers not having, like, a great day yesterday – I mean, Lamar's the leader in the clubhouse right now. I don't think you can deny it. I don't care what his numbers are going to look like at the end of the year. The bottom line is every game I come away watching the Ravens, the three or four biggest plays of the game are made by Lamar Jackson on either side of the ball. So whether the team he's playing or it's his team, he is making the biggest plays of the game, which more times are not as leading them winning football games. I've got my own damn okay this week. Good. I know you have one more, Yeah. I'm going to jump in and let you exhale a little yeah. bit. I'm going damn okay Ivy League. What? All right? Okay. We used to cover the Ivy League yeah. on NBCSN, mm-hmm. and Yale-Harvard was always a fun game. Sure. And there were a couple guys for a couple of years that were like, when I did the games with Ross Tucker, I'm like, I wonder if these guys are going to make it in the NFL. Yeah. Great stories in the Ivy League. They dominate here, but kind of doubtful that they'll end up playing on Sundays if, if even making a team. Anthony Ferkser, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Big touchdown catch yesterday. Yes, he did. So damn okay, Anthony. Damn okay. Way to go. Way to go, Ivy League. And Foye Aluakon, linebacker from Yale, we talked about how the Falcons dominated the Saints' offense. Right. 
He led Atlanta in tackles yesterday. Damn, so. he led the team in tackles? Yeah. See, that just tells you I'm not looking at the stats. I'm kind of just watching the game. That's phenomenal. So Ivy League, way to go. There's there's some players in the Ivy League. I mean, we're going to see Juice, uh, you know, use check tonight at a Harvard for the 49ers. He's back healthy at fullback. Yeah. You know, so he'll see what he's got. Uh, who's, I remember him at the Senior Bowl. Who's winning in the Ivy League right now? Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, yeah, Ryan oh, Fitzpatrick. Who's, who's winning? winning right now? There was a game at, at Yankee Stadium. I think it but was. But Harvard was undefeated, right? And Harvard and Dartmouth, are they not undefeated? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. Either way, it's the Ivy League. And they should be playing in the 1AA playoffs. I'd, I, I'd please do me. that. I know. That would I know. be nice. Hey, thinking about Ivy League, yeah. Brian Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I think you're going to hit up. B. Flores. Yeah. Brian Flores. Oh, they're tanking for Tua. They're going to lose every game deliberately. Oh, somebody needs to tell the fucking Dolphins coaching staff then because they're still coaching the shit out of their team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not giving up. I mean, I, that's where I just, you know, I know those guys. I worked with those guys in New England. They're psychos, like hard-ass psychos. We'll mm-hmm. fight players in the locker room if you don't, like, yeah. go at it and, like, work hard and be detailed every day. They're not giving up. And, yeah, give them a lot of credit yesterday. I mean, Forrest had the defense making plays. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick makes a few plays, and they won an ugly one against the Colts. But there they are. It's really Counts. three weeks in a row. Yeah. They had the Steelers on the ropes. They did. Then they win last week, of course, and get another win here now. Somebody needs to tell them they're tanking. They're, they're losing their <laughs> spot at the top of the draft. It's such a stupid media narrative. I it mean, is. Maybe some people making decisions about draft picks you know, will lead you to think that, but there's right. no way the players are playing to tank. Or, or the coaches. Yeah. The coaches, like, it's nobody's going to – if Brian Flores gets fired five years from now, nobody's going to go, oh, that year he went over 16, they were deliberately right. losing. Yeah. They were deliberately going 2-14. and 14. Maybe No, it's going to be on Joe, his gravestone forever. Maybe they're playing for the LSU quarterback now anyway. Instead of no, they need to play for Herbert up in Oregon. I know. You seen him? Yes, but yeah. that LSU-Alabama game was the game of the year in college football. That was a lot of fun to watch. Did Burrow's really good. I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. I don't no, think so. No, I don't I, think so. I haven't seen him enough. But he can be a starter in the NFL. I do think that. I don't think he's a first-round talent, though. Oh, by the way, yeah. before we put a uh, yeah. move on from damn okay, Yale. Oh. Bulldogs. Leading, Yale? Leading the Ivy League. Oh, so yeah. Yale-Harvard this year, or Yale-Harvard's not going to be as big. But Yale and Dartmouth are undefeated, though, right? Dartmouth is a game back, Matty. Yeah. Who's, uh, and, yes, Yale's one game up. Yeah, there okay. Go. All right, okay. good. Good. I'm glad we got the Ivy League all set up. You good with that, John McDonald? John McDonald's here. He's disappointed the Giants lost, as am I yesterday. We let the fucking Jets beat us. Like, what the hell? Not, those ugly black uniforms. Not, it, it's not significant when the team has two and the other one has one. Damn, win. I just, just, ugh. Yeah. Damn Jets. They used to hurt me when I was a kid. Black man. uniforms are bad. I don't like them. Yeah. I mean, you're the Jets. That's not what you wear. You're green and white. The green helmets look good. Yep. All right. Roto World, okay, football podcast, those knuckleheads over there. Don't ask me about your fucking fantasy fantasy team, okay? That's my that's my read for Roto World. Don't ask me about your fucking fantasy football team. <laughs> Just listen to the Roto World football podcast. They'll get you right. They got it all covered. Uh, I talked to them throughout in the building, you know, throughout the week. They're always walking around here. Good dudes, yes. funny. I'm going to bust in on their show on a Sunday one day. I've been warning them that's going to happen, but they will have you covered of who to start, who to sit. Uh, what are you going to add if, if you don't care? Well, just your personality. Well, no. I. What do you mean? Oh, I'm you just. Gonna oh, yeah. I'm going to bust into the show and just rag on them and yeah. just ruin the flow of the show. I'm not going to add anything other than like, you know, disruption. Yeah, putting Josh Norris in like a, a, a just giving him like a what do I want to call that? A Such a nice guy. I don't knucklehead. Uh, 
Nuggy. I couldn't nuggy. think of the damn word. Yeah, Nuggy. Yeah. I'm going to give him that. Right. I'm going to give him that. All right. Yeah. It's fair. All right. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. We got uh, we got Chiefs Titans next, and we're going to play a little big uh, big red Andy Reid uh, post game press conference first. We were too sloppy. You come down and you play like we did. Uh, again, head coach's responsibility. Uh, you can't do it like that. Contrary, I thought Mike did a nice job with his football team. They played well, aggressive, and um, and we need, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to put the game away. We need to make sure we do that. Again, that's my responsibility. Andy's always great about taking responsibility. Nobody better. Every single time. Takes more bullets than any coach in the history of football. So he said his team's too sloppy. I see his quarterback didn't throw a pick, completed over 70%, threw yeah. 446. Right. How do they lose that game? Yeah, because – the, like, when you have those kind of numbers, right, you're not supposed to kick four field goals. That's the biggest difference. I mean, Titans scored five touchdowns. You know, the, the Chiefs scored three touchdowns and kicked four field goals, let alone didn't even get to attempt one because of a botched snap. Right. And then, of course, had the one blocked at the end of the game. But, you know, hey, first off, just go to the end of the game. They're up by five points. They're about to kick a field goal, and you're going to go, the game's over. I don't know who messed up, the center or the holder. Either way, the ball was snapped when the holder was not ready for it to what be snapped. What about the play before, though? Patrick Mahomes kind of is rolled out to his rolled right. Rolled out to his right. I mean, I don't know if he lost five, six, seven yards, but I, he, yeah. he took a loss. I was, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, and I'll pull it up just to make sure, but I'm going to say it was five yards, okay. somewhere around there. They were kind of trying to, ro like, roll to the right, throw an inside tight end screen, right? Yeah. That's really what they were going to do. And... Um, it wasn't there. So then he takes, and he lost five yards. So that, that took them from the 24-yard line back to the 29-yard line. He treated it kind of like it was like the last minute. He just didn't want to run out of bounds. They were, were going to make Tennessee use that last timeout. They had one timeout left. And I'm sure Andy said, like, listen, if, they don't, if you don't like it, fall down so they have to use that last timeout because he's thinking, okay, we're going to make the field goal and go up by eight, mm -hmm. and now they're going to have to drive the field with no timeouts to score a touchdown. But they could have punted, and it's still a one-score game no matter what. Yes, okay. And with the talent they have at punter, you're likely putting them somewhere inside the 10. Yeah. And even though Derrick Henry had been really good. And but Tannehill they're at the 29. Fine. He's made four field goals already, and you got Patrick fucking it, Mahomes. But it doesn't put you up by nine. No. It's, it's still a one-score game. Yeah, it's a two-score game because you got to score twice. It's called a two-point conversion. I, I hate everybody trying to say that. You, know, you got to score a touchdown, and then you got to score another touchdown for one, two. One possession. Yeah, okay, okay good. It's, a, like one, it's a one possession game. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. But, yes, I get you, but I still like the chances of that rather than trusting my defense, who was kind of falling apart a little bit at the second half. I think that's probably where so he's then scared. Even more reason to, to pin him down at the at the five yard line. I don't. I think he, that's just not the way that I'm not going to like micromanage that situation too badly. He's going to play aggressive. If I'm going to complain about what I saw there at the end of the game, I'm going to go. They ran the ball great between the tackles all day. Just run the fucking ball up the middle. It's third and two. Like if that's what you're going to do, run it up the middle. You you've had success there, and that's the only complaint I would have about that little scenario there. Uh, that's the big thing. I mean. The game was a blast to watch because Patrick Mahomes made some of the damnedest fucking throws I've ever seen yeah. again. I mean, it's unreal. Let alone the touchdown pass. There's a few other ones. Hey, the touchdown pass he has to Tyree Kill uh, from the 11-yard line, fading away. He's coming across the field. He right. throws the ball like 40 feet in the air so Tyree can just go zoom right. and run under it and catch it. To his left? Yes. I mean, 
That's I feel like watching him play is like if you're on the bag of Phil Mickelson and yeah. watching him around the green, right? And the way he would choke up yeah, or like end right. over, or like find a way to get it close to the pin, right? Just all feel and all talent, all feel, wrist and hand, He's kind of that way, right? With, any kind of throw you want. I'm with you. Steph Curry, it's almost like him right. watching and shooting threes. You're just like, damn, did he just shoot that one out of that kind of like technique? Damn, splash. Like, right. you're like, oh, it's the same kind of thing. They just have tremendous feel, tremendous hand, hand and wrist. It's something mm -hmm. my dad and I talk about a lot because you got to make a lot of throws like that in the NFL. There's things to like about what they did offensively. You already heard me say well, their biggest problem is they settled for field goals. Listen, they're, that's, they're, they're not there to settle for field goals. They got a lot of money and assets invested in that offensive side of the ball. They need to score touchdowns. So, Was there a pattern of something that the Chiefs didn't do in those situations I, to, to put it in the end zone or something that Tennessee's defense did? I can't say I can't say anything down in the red area where I was like, you know, Tennessee's smart. They, they're pretty well coached on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, those are New England guys. When you get down there close, they're not going to, like, give you one-on-one -on -one opportunities. They're going to drop people in coverage. They're going to double the right players most more times than not. Um, but really – this, this one part of the game, and this is Kansas City's built to come out and overwhelm you with, holy cow, plays, speed, his arm. Oh, we got him stopped. It didn't matter. He scrambled and still makes a great play. They overwhelm you. The greatness of what they did last year is more times than not, they put teams behind the eight ball before they, like, broke a sweat. They were like, oh, damn, we're down 20 to nothing. I've just got warmed up. Like, and now you don't get to play your game. And they had Tennessee on the ropes. They're up 10 to nothing, okay? Now, they had, you know, penalties. Like, there's no excuse. You know, they, they get a turnover uh, early in the game. They got the ball on the eight-yard uh, eight line, right? Was it the eight-yard line? Or was it a four-play, eight-yard drive that ended a 30-yard field goal? And I can't remember. Hold on. I got too many damn thoughts going through my head. How did they get that ball down there? I'm gonna, it's going to drive me crazy. I got to look real quick. Sorry, everybody. Got to be patient with me. One second. At what point of the game? It's Here early. we go. Early because Tennessee, oh, the, Chris Jones forces a fumble on Ryan Tannehill's sack. Yep. They got the short field. They're in first and 10 on the 20. They only get eight yards. They don't get a first down. They got to kick a field goal. Like, that's a big moment to me. So they're up 10 0. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I'd like to see that 14 0. But either way, it's 10 0. And they didn't get 10 0. They stayed at 10 0. And they had penalties. Right. It kept, they kept penalties. Touchdown penalties. called back. Touchdown called back. Had a, great, a screen play to Travis Kelsey that got him down as like second and short. That got called back. So they had a basically battle just to make it get into a field goal position. But you're up 10 0. They get another stop on the Tennessee Titans. They got the ball around, I'm going to say their own 46, 47 yard line. Mm -hmm. And they have a third and 10. And I'm going to take it back to two plays before that, okay? And I'm just going to read it verbatim here. Okay, I've liked some of the things I've seen from Kansas City early on. They're putting Mahomes underneath the center. They're running the play-action passes that Matt Moore was doing that I went, wow. You asked for that? I asked yeah. for it. Like, I want to see seven- and eight-man protections to let those dudes run downfield and make things happen. But here they are, up 10 nothing, And Mahomes, at this point, he has two plays where I go, man, Patrick Mahomes – Almost any Sunday I've seen hits these plays, mm -hmm. and the game breaks wide open. And he, on the first one, and I believe this was on first and 10, he's got a max protect and Tyree Kill running a post down the middle of the field. They do a little play action. Sammy Watkins running a go up the right sidelines. He throws to either one. I mean, he throws to Sammy Watkins. He's going to walk in. He throws a deep ball to Tyree Kill and overthrows him. 
Okay, they missed that. Damn, all right. Second down, I think they ran. It doesn't really matter. Who gives a shit? Third down, Tennessee brings a max blitz. They got two receivers to the right again. It's Hill and Watkins. Okay, they max protect again. Man, they got him. Mahomes fades away. They run basically for everybody out there listening. They got Sammy, I mean, Tyreek in the slot to the right. Sammy's outside of him. Tyreek runs a straight go route. Sammy Watkins is going to run the in cut. The Mm -hmm. defenders run into each other. Wide open. He's wide open. I mean, he hits him. It might be a touchdown. He overthrows it. They have to punt the ball. Mm -hmm. Ryan Tannehill throws a bomb the next play. They be, first is a touchdown, and then they rule them down at the 20. They score right. a touchdown a few plays there. The game was never right. the same. Right. It was a game from that point on. So they were this close to being up 17-0. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they could have been up 21-0 if they don't screw it up on the first field and goal drive there. if they get up 17-0, if the game's that out of hand early, maybe they don't get to the point where Derrick Henry is really that effective. I, exactly. That's what the magic of them last year was. They took teams out of what they wanted to do because you're going – we're down 20 to nothing. We can't, like, be patient with the run game now. The game's going to be over by the time we get the run game going. Right. So that's, that's the greatness of what they do. But when they settle for field goals and miss those opportunities, yeah, eventually uh, their defense broke and, and all of that. But I, I really think as a whole, again, I mean, he was so fun to watch. Damian Williams fumbling. You know, and then Rashad mm-hmm. Evans picking it up for a 53-yard touchdown return. I mean, there. So it was 10 to 7. Yep. You know, and now the next drive, they fumble, and now all of a sudden in a game where they were up 10 nothing and about to knock them out because the Titans are wobbly on the ropes. I mean, it's like, damn, they're on the ropes. They're about to go down, and all of a sudden it's boom, boom. They connected with a few punches, and all of a sudden, oh shit, I'm back in a fight. Right. And yeah, it went from bomb to touchdown two plays later, fumbled by Damian Williams. Holy shit, we're losing 13 to 10. How did that happen? Right. And they missed an extra point uh, later on. You know, you had the two field goal botches at the end, and that's Mm -hmm. how you lose a football game in the NFL. It's textbook right there. It's how you blow a football game when really they were the better team on the field. And how about defensively? Yeah. Yeah, kind of hit them offensively. Defensively, yeah. last week we sat right here. Yep. You praise Steve Spagnuolo for yep. some of the adjustments they've made. Yep. They found a way to, to beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. How is it that Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill, down 10 nothing? we yeah. talked about how they should have been down more, Right. found a way to get better as the game went on and put together these late touchdown drives against a defense that just a week ago adjusted well and yeah. got better. Right. Well, they're, you know, like we said, so the Titans holding them to field goals, kind of let them hang around, find their rhythm. Tannehill, I came away looking at the game going, I mean, when Tannehill had somewhere to throw it, the slightest window, I mean, he stripes it in there. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing where, you know, I even wrote in my notes, like Mariota, you know, there'd be a few slam dunk completions every game where I'd go, damn, he missed that. Like, you can't miss that 20-yard right. out route right there. Tannehill doesn't miss those. And, like, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but in the context of close NFL football games, they do. They are a big deal. So um, I, I look at it like this. They actually did some very good things on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it wasn't like they were blown out of the water. It was 371 yards, and Tennessee got a lot of them on, like, the last drive of the game. But the run game fits were an issue. They did actually a very good job in the pass game until the last drive, really, the last two drives. 
Tannehill's running beat them because they got caught in some like, oh, we're going to play man robber where it's man across the board everywhere. The two safeties, one goes like kind of plays the middle of the field. The other one goes deep. So when you play those coverages, there's nobody there for the quarterback. Tannehill's played enough football to go, hey, they got nobody for me. Right. I'm going to tuck it if nobody's open. You know, and then there's another time they played two man. Same thing, man across the board. But now the two safeties are deep. And he realized, oh, everybody's covered. There's a little lane. I'm going to rip it off and make a nice run. How, yeah, how did Derrick Henry have Get the that plays. long of a touchdown yeah. run? Okay, so this is the play. It's like what I would call in John Gruden's uh, offense, it would be 97 boss, all right, back on support. And it's eye formation. It's eye formation, tight end to the right. They motion the tight end across to the left side. And they basically run outside zone to the left. And what happens here, and again, this is tough because I like this. They got Chris Jones at D-end because mm-hmm. this is what they've been doing a little bit lately. Let's get big up front. We'll stop the run. We'll play a 310-pounder at defense at end, mm-hmm. and then we don't have to compromise our secondary. Well, they run the outside zone to the left, okay, and the linebackers kick too far over that way as well to where the weak side linebacker, Reggie Raglan, is head up. He's the weak linebacker. He's head up basically with the center. So can you picture that in your head, right? So you have all three linebackers. If you're the quarterback and you're looking at the defense, all three linebackers are from the center to the left. You're overplaying your alignment right off the bat. And any smart running back is going to go, the cutback might be there. But it's double there when Chris Jones, who's 309 pounds, all of a sudden has a, a gap again that's like 10 yards wide. And he couldn't close it down far enough. So he didn't close it down. It left a cutback lane for Derrick Henry. It looked kind of like... He broke like, one tackle, like the... Like the one from last week. Oh, it, it, like what they did to the Chiefs. Well, it was reach to the left, yes. not there, one quick cutback and make one and safety bam. miss, and boom, you're And gone. they tried to like play it like the safety was down weak, and then they rotated really late. So Juan Horthe, Hornthill, Thornhill mm-hmm. is rotating to get back in pass coverage, and now he sees the cutback, and he's trying to stop his brakes. Let me try to make a tackle, and good luck trying to come downhill out of control making a tackle against that beast. Yeah. I mean, he's a beast. How, how is it that the, the, the Chiefs' defensive front, and we've yeah. talked a number of times about how they can wreck games, especially Jones. To me, Henry's a running back where if you get to him in the backfield, you can kind of make him look average. Yes, Because he's can. not that shifty. No, right. Doesn't have that much making miss right He's a little right build-up speed. He's not a guy that just like zero to 60 in a second. Yeah. You're How right. is it that he had so many times where he got to the line of scrimmage or threw it without being affected at all? Yeah, they, they mashed him a little bit. Um, just as far as 12 and 13 personnel, which is one back two tight ends, one back three tight ends. They even did some 13 heavy where they make like one of the tight ends is the extra offensive tackle, right? So you got six offensive linemen in and two tight ends. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just mauled them and pushed them back. Um, and that really, that was really like, that, that was all I could really say as far as that is concerned in the run game. It's just kind of, they just kind of pushed them around more times than not in the run game, especially in the second half. That's really, because he only had 49 yards at halftime. Mm-hmm. So, he had what? What does that equal? 139 yards in the second half? I mean, that, that's just, uh, that was just pure domination, let alone, like you're saying, when he gets downhill steam and then can go through the line of scrimmage at his size and speed, you know, linebacker arm tackles, no way. Line tar- linebackers squaring him up. They're right. gonna, they, he's still going to fall forward for three yards. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that. And I think that was the big thing. I'm not as, 
I wasn't as concerned with the Chiefs defense as I thought I was going to be as I watched the film. What did you think of Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill just, you know, he just knows how to play quarterback better than Marcus Mariota. And uh, I think his runs and I like the big the last post drive. row and the drive was phenomenal. I thought the last drive was similar to what Matt Moore did a week ago against right. the Vikings. I know right. we're talking about the same team, but he hit a couple really big throws to put him in position, and Tannehill added a big run. Definitely. Two big runs, I believe. On the, I believe. On maybe it was one. It might have been one. one. Yeah. It was 20. Yeah, 20, maybe it was a drive. I might be thinking of the drive before we had another good run, too, right. in a similar situation. But He also had yes. a two-point conversion. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, which was a great run, too. Lowering his shoulder, tough. But, yeah, he, he, his experience, he knew, oh, okay, they were in those coverages we talked about, two-man, mm-hmm. a man-robber, where he knew nobody was there to account for him. And he's fast. I mean, he's a 4-5 guy coming out of college. I mean, he went to Texas A&M. Played, he started at And here we go. Here's the play that won the game, okay? Here it is. It's just four verticals. It's two-man coverage, okay? And the play before this was the same exact play, except he hit the tight end on the right side. And then the next play, they came back and said, let's do it again. And they did it again. And as you see, the zebra slot receiver, anybody who's watching on YouTube, like Adam Humphreys was in the slot to the left. It's two-man, so it's man-to-man underneath. You got the four corners covering the four receivers, a linebacker on the halfback, and Adam Humphreys. Go ahead, John McDonald. Look at it. Look at that beauty drawing there. But How are you holding that pen, well, by the way? I don't know. I'm a lefty. It's, everything's messed up. But he basically runs the four verticals but does a great job of, like, acting like he might run yep. a little of an out route, turn yes. his shoulders, and then hit it back to the middle. And Tannehill threw but a Tannehill strike. Tannehill did a great job. It was, it was a wonderful strike. But he, he had that moment where he was at the top of his drop, Chris. Yeah. And he wanted to throw it. And that little shake hadn't happened yet, and he just waited. He had a little split second of wait and patience and threw it at the exact right time and looked like a veteran quarterback who had started for a number of years, which is exactly what he is. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly what he is. But you're right. It was one scramble on the last drive. It was a scramble the drive before. So he had a scramble and then two four-vertical plays, and – and uh, they score in a four-play drive. I mean, that, that's insane to, to do that. You know, he, he scrambled left for 18 yards. He threw an incomplete pass, which was a great throw to A.J. Brown, who dropped it down the left right. sideline. <laughs> and then he throws the seam to the right uh, to Ferkser, I think, and then left to Adam Humphreys, touchdown. And then, hey, Kansas City still got down the field. And had a chance. Yep. I mean, just just unbelievable. But my big takeaway from that, the, again, the Chiefs are not going to be world beaters on defense. I still am not just like, oh, they're horrible, horrible. They actually were all over the pass game for the most part of the day. This game came down to, like, misalignment by the linebackers in some of those run plays. I talked to you about how they kicked them over and did things like that. There was a few times they lined up, and I just went, I don't know how you defend the backside. Mm-hmm. You know, guard tackle gap. How, how the the the, the line, weak side linebacker so far kicked over strong that there's nobody there. I mean, how can he get there if they just run straight downhill? There was a few of those runs where I just questioned the alignment of the linebackers by the Chiefs, and I'm sure that's how they were coached. They weren't just doing this. There was something in the game planning that week where they wanted them to kick over, right? And they just never readjusted after that. Before we put this one to bed, yeah. move on to the highlights, yeah. the headlines again for some more games. Those two teams played ten times. How many times the Chiefs win? Eight. About right. I think so. 
You could even, I think so. Would have guessed seven, but yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. seven if we're going to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, but kudos, seven or eight. Kudos to Tannehill. That's right. And to Henry to for Vrabel to and Dean Pease for playing like good defense in the fringe red area and red area to holding that group to four field goals. You know, hey, it's like the old New England philosophy: we score touchdowns, you kick field goals. We right. score touchdowns, you kick field goals. All right. The uh, saving face edition yep. of Give Me the Headline, Buffalo-Cleveland. Hey, the Browns get back on the winning side of things. It could be any kind of headline yeah. with Baker Mayfield. He has my attention, right. my headline, yeah. no matter what he does, whether it's positive or negative, he's must-watch TV. Yeah, he is. Get off my back is what he said yesterday. I mean, that's what the Browns were saying in general. I mean, there yeah. was a great clutch drive at the end of the football game. It wasn't pretty. That's a good defense they played in Buffalo. You know, and Buffalo, you know, again, you know, their defense – getting run on a little bit, you know, but the offense has got to help out too. That's the one thing just week after week. I mean, the, you know, it, it just, it's just not enough consistency, you know, and, you know, Josh Allen's still raw and learning on the fly. Not that he played bad yesterday. Um, you know, the run game too. I'm just, I don't like their running backs. That's my big problem with Buffalo too. They want to run the ball and I want to go, you don't have a runner that's faster than four, seven. Right. So it's hard to be really good at running the ball when all your running backs are slow. But good for Cleveland, and we'll see. I mean, Buffalo is one of those teams you just look at and they go, can they hang on? Can they hang it's, on here down the stretch and get in the playoffs? You have the same feeling about them every single game. Yes. It's, it's like, can the defense good? Will Josh Allen make a mistake yeah. or make the big play to help them win it? It's right. like, I don't know which one it's going to which one it's gonna be. Let's and, go to the NFC North. Yeah. All right. Bears, Lions. Thank <laughs> God, if, if you're a Bears fan. Yeah. Thank God Stafford didn't play. That, that, that's the headline. Thank God Stafford got hurt. Right. I mean, yeah, they lose if Stafford's playing. I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. Their offense still was shitty yesterday. Trubisky made, you know, the touchdown throws. Good for him. One was a swing pass to Tariq Cohn that you and I could have made. Mm-hmm. The other two, they were good. Yeah. He threw a contested ball to the tight end who made a good catch, and then he threw the corner route to uh, I can't remember who it was. But, it, you know, their defense is really good again, too. Their defense has got to be sitting there going, damn, can we, like – can we sustain a drive? Can we get some rest? Can we get some help at right. some point? You know, they just die out at the end of every game. That's what, They're up 20-6. to six. They're just dying because they're like, we're on the field the whole damn game. I Here's mean, an official number for you, guys. Yeah. All right? Yeah, go ahead. We checked this. Jeff right. Driscoll was two and a half yards past the line of scrimmage <laughs> on the final one. Yeah. Trust me, I flipped my fucking lid. <laughs> I, mean, you know. I heard. Oh, you heard that they told we, you this? Yeah. We exaggerated that uh, number just to try and get that. It out. was about that. Yeah. I mean, it was clearly passed. I was, you know, there's a reason they tried to convert him to a receiver last year, okay? <laughs> uh, he can't throw. There was chances there. It was there for the Lions. The, the Stafford thing shocked me uh, in general. But, I mean, again, look at the Bears' offense. Now, they're 2-for-12 on third down, 226 yards of offense. They really only had two drives the whole game. Okay, they really only had one, and it was the 10-play, 80-yard drive, and he threw the touchdown pass to the tight end Brownecker or whatever. Okay, other than that, it was or no, it was two drives. I'm right. They had the other drive for a touchdown that gave them 13, and then Driscoll threw a really bad interception backed up to start the third quarter, and that's how they got their third touchdown. But they're off. I still don't. The Bears, you know, maybe they beat the Rams because it's the battle of inept offenses this week. They didn't move the needle too much. They on your, didn't. On your I'm belief, not. My confidence is not great. Yes, right. Battle of New York. You talked about it a little bit. I know you're hurt. Damn. 
Jets Giants. Damn, that yeah. does hurt me. I hate to hear the Jets fans and this Matt Casey in my ear. This <laughs> asshole is a Jets fan over here. <laughs> he's yelling. He's yelling. Yeah, meet the Jet fuckers. The Giants side of the headline yeah. to me is a lot of yards, but a lot of hits. Yes. Talking about Daniel Jones. Yes. Makes some nice plays. Mm-hmm. Look at the stat sheet. It's great. He had him in the game. Right. About a month ago, or however long ago it was, where we first saw him play in that first start against Tampa Bay, yeah. we both praised him for how he stood in the pocket. Yes. Like until the last second, right. would get rid of it and then get blown up. Right. Now it just seems like he, he's getting, he's taking more hits than he should. Yeah, he is. And, and again, this is, if you're going to have a problem, this is the kind of problem you'd like the guy. You'd rather him be like standing there too much rather than he's right. getting out too early and seeing ghosts or whatever. And I'm not even trying to say that to take a shot on Sam Darnold. But, yeah, he will stand in there and too long. Like, there's times where I want to go, man, it's over. Tuck it. Run. Move. Do something. They're not coming open. You've been sitting there for six seconds. Like, do it. But either way, he has proven that he is, he is a hell of a quarterback. And he is a hell of a thrower. My headline would be, would be the best football player in New York right now is Jamal Adams. Okay, because of what he did yesterday. And hey, listen, he's a little bit of a, you know, you know, hothead at times what he says. But, you know, the sacks, the strip sack fumble for a touchdown, the fourth and one tackle he had. Those were game changing, momentum changing type plays that were big time. And I think he kind of just reminded everybody like, hey, Saquon's good. Danielle Jones. Well, that's that's the name that came to mind. Right. You said best football player. I mean, Saquon's still the best. But yeah, Saquon's still the best. So so how does he rush 13 times for one yard? Yeah, well, that's another issue, too. And uh, the Giants and their run offense for the second week in a row, I don't feel like there's any. what do I want to say, persistence or, like, want to to do it too much. Uh, that's frustrating to me. I do think they're getting a little enamored with Daniel Jones throwing the ball all the time. And he's a great thrower. I get it. He's pinpoint. He throws perfect spirals. He can push it down the field, all those things. But they got to find ways to get uh, Saquon the ball more. But damn Jets. Damn, you're John McDonald. I am. Yeah, always was. <laughs> I'm not telling you what, what Matt Casey, Jets fan, yeah, is saying yeah. in my ear right now. Yes, he is. He's yeah, saying yeah. eat something. He's saying eat store high in transit. You, uh, did you know that? You That's guessed what it right. stands for? Really? Store high in transit. You just made that up. No, I did not. 100%. Store high in transit is what the word shit came from. You got to explain that. Because in the old days, they used to put the manure on the top of the train, right? So it wouldn't smell. So it said store high in transit, S-H-I-T. That makes sense, but he's making it up, right? I promise you. No? I Is promise he? you. I know. I promise you. I'm right on that one. Now, I always thought fuck was fornication under consent of king. That's wrong. Somebody made that up, okay? I thought, you know, you watch Braveheart, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they, those, the Scottish people are fucked. You're right. <laughs> uh, that whole rule, right? <laughs> Prima nocta. Remember that? I love Braveheart. I do, yeah. Yes. All right. Moving on. Road. We have one more headline for, for the actual for the actual NFL. Got Arizona, Tampa Bay. Yes. All right. Guilty pleasure. Game didn't mean a lot. Yeah. Had a lot of mistakes. Yes. It's a fun watch. It was a fun watch. I had my eyes glued to it a n- number of times because it did. It was up and down the field. You know, Kyler sloppy Murray making a play sloppy. I mean, a fourth and one, he's going to throw a wide open touchdown pass to a tight end on a fourth and one. He loses in the sun and barely touches the ball. Uh, but I guess, you know, two aggressive offenses. I think that was the fun thing about it. Just high flying football. Mm-hmm. Like, what? situations forget that we're throwing at 40 yards here uh and the unforgotten arguably best receiver in football again just makes so many big plays and mike evans i mean he's yeah. he's 
a freak show. The Bucks are wonderful to watch if you're, if you're just yeah. neutral about the team. Right. If you don't love or hate them, you see the Buccaneers on, it's a good way to spend five minutes or, or two hours. You're right, because they're, they're never bashful about throwing bombs, trying things like that. And their defense is going to give up plays in a hurry, too. So you're going to see their offense back on the field in like four minutes. So you're going to be, oh, they're back on. Here they go. They're throwing deep to Mike Evans. And Kyler Murray is – just special. And we haven't hit him much. I know, and we haven't. And, you know, I, he was in my quarterback rankings and all that. He's special. There's just no other way to say it. Like, if that team was better, we would really be hitting him more and more. But some of the plays and throws he has on the run every week make my jaw drop. And he made some plays yesterday. Again, you know, that system is still finding itself. He's making the system better than the system's making him at this point, certainly. Because a lot of times they just go – Oh, you know, oh, it's it's man to man. We just expect you to hit the guy 40 yards down the field on the money, and he goes, okay, no problem. Zoom, and he throws it. So, and uh, it, that's that. Interception streak snapped 211 without an interception. Damn, that's a whole lot. It's that's crazy. It's Rookie crazy. record. That's it's crazy. He's good for him. You know, he's got a little of that like Aaron Rodgers in him, where he's a gunslinger, but he has some great way of being able to take care of the football while being a gunslinger, which is is very rare to play that style of football and and be that smart. But man, some of the throws and passes he had to Christian Kirk and things like that were just off the charts good. He's a special, special player. And Bruce Arian said to Peter King that if Jameis plays like that, he's the guy he wants around for the future. Yeah, I I, I get that. I, I mean, mean I, I guess what else is he going to say right now? Right, but. It was big, but, like, the two interceptions were Jameis's fault. You know, I mean, they were his fault. He tried to jam a ball in the middle of two people in the middle of the field and then tried to throw an out route into a guy that was covered from get-go, yeah. and he just said, oh, I'll throw it, and it got intercepted. So, I, you know, again, I like Jameis, too. You've heard me say Jameis' good is really good. It's just his bad is really bad, yeah. and that's where you know he frustrates you. If, if they end up under 500, it's hard to it's hard yeah. to imagine that, that he will get paid. And be Who you got, Niners, Seahawks tonight? Who you got, kid? Who you got? Who I'm you going got? Seahawks. You're going Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks. How dare you? Against your guys. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. No. I don't. Close? I think it's a bad matchup for them. Why? Um, Why is it bad for them? Because uh, Seahawks defense not great. They got to worry about this 49ers offense. I think that's Strugglesville. And this is not the kind of game. I don't think the Seattle running game is going to get going. And I don't think it's the kind of game Russell Wilson can take over. Not with Bosa and Ford on the edge. And that D-line, I think they can, like, slow him down to where he just can't totally take it over. He hasn't really met a defense or a game that, that he couldn't take. No. That would be a hell of an accomplishment. It would be. And we're going to see. I'm pumped to see it. This is a real test for the 49ers tonight. I'm, I'm really – this is one of the – I think maybe the best Monday night game of the year so far, right? I sense a volley of texts. Later um, on. Yeah, yeah. Lo- lobbed your way down there in Greenwich. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. good. Uh, yes, when the 49ers are up by 14, I'm going to lob one your way and go eat that poly bin. All right, all right. All right, everybody, we're done. Uh, that's it. Chris Sims deep dives where what the fuck happened will happen on Wednesday. You're here, right? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Enjoy the Monday night football game. Get at me. You know where to find me on Twitter or on Instagram. Peace out. We out of here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.